to the Sujit Podcast. So chapter 15 left off with Koja Anwar, the chief deputy of Shah Jahan, getting ready to meet Guru Hargobind in Kartarpur to gather intelligence for the awaiting Mughal army. So now in chapter 16, we shift scenes back to Guru Hargobind. So Santok Singh is describing the Divan, the court of righteousness that Guru Hargobind is holding and it's vast, it's brilliant like the court of Indra, the God of heaven. Congregations come every day from all corners of the world to see and worship Guru Hargobind. His Sikhs are like Devtas, they're like gods, and they come in droves, donating countless amounts of wealth to Guru Hargobind. Their wishes are always fulfilled as they recite the name of the exalted Hargobind. So Guru Hargobind now is sitting on his throne in Kartarpur, appearing like Vishnu himself, capable of doing anything at any time, but even then with his power, he's playing the game, the Leela, the drama of a normal man, like how Ramchandra, although aware of his divine nature, played the role of a normal man, adventuring down the path of the hero. And like Krishna, who over and over again enticed and indulged in warfare, Guru Hargobind has repeatedly engaged in warfare. So while living a detached life, he is still a king, enjoying all and removing the pains and troubles of his Sikhs. Whoever he blesses, they begin to remember and recite Satanam, the true name, and experience divine wisdom. The 18 Siddhis, or spiritual powers, they stand with their hands clasped in front of the Sikhs, asking to be used by them. But these Sikhs, even though they have these powers standing waiting to be used, they never indulge in them. There are thousands of Sikhs like these, who come to have darshan or have the divine sight of Guru Hargobind. So there was one Sikh named Kukku, and he had a great love for Guru Hargobind. He would always recite Gurbani and listen to Gurbani. He had a son named Ananta, who was always also ready to serve uh, Guru Hargobind in any way possible. So one day Kukko was making langar, and he told his king to stand there with a slingshot and shoot any crows that were coming there uh, to eat or dirty the langar. He told them not to let any crow get near. So Ananta, the son, started shooting uh, little rocks at the, at the crows that were trying to make their attempt to eat some of the langar. And one crow was really stubborn and kept coming back and back. Ananta kept stopping him with some rocks from a slingshot. And eventually, though, one rock hit and injured one of the uh, wings of the crow. Uh, it was now in a lot of pain. Later that day, Guru Hargobind came and ate langar, the communal kitchen meal, with the congregation. And as Guru Hargobind was finishing his food, he gave some of the last pieces out to the crows. And as he was doing this, he saw one of the crows there, the crow that was injured, walking around in pain. And Guru Hargobind then, with compassion, saw the injured crow and then cursed the person who injured the crow. He said, may that person go to hell who injured this crow. Then Guru Hargobind blessed the crow, taking his pain away. But Ananta was there, the son was there, and he heard this curse, which essentially was levied on him. So he went and told his father this, explained it to him. You know, after explaining it to his father, Koko, like his son Ananta, both of them were in shock, gripped by anxiety. They didn't know what to do. Ananta started becoming very weak and sick due to the stress. And Koko also couldn't see his son like this. 
So he started to go around and ask many of the senior six. He was requesting from them. He said, please, forgive and bless my son. He's not doing well right now. The senior six all told them, uh, go to Bidichan. He helps the helpless and is extremely clever and always close to Guru Hargo. Koko then goes to Bidichan, bows down, grabs his feet as a salutation, then tells him the entire story. He says, Guru Hargobind has proclaimed that my son will go to hell. Please help me. Remove this curse on my son. I am in your sanctuary. No one else will be able to help me except for you. Listening to this, Bidichan says, don't worry. I'll do whatever I can to have your son forgiven. Saying this, he then goes to Guru Hargobind and both Koko and Ananta are now extremely happy because they know Bidichan is on the case. So Guru Hargobind at this time has gone out hunting with a variety of animals to aid in the hunting. So amongst the animals are the usual hunting dogs, there are various falcons involved, Beheri falcons which are relatively small, Kuhi or Shaheen falcons which are a subspecies of the peregrine falcon, those are also involved, Shikra uh, falcons are involved, these are also called uh, little banded goshawks. So in addition to all these types of hawks or falcons and the dogs, Guru Hargobind has also taken out cheetahs as well. Now cheetahs during this time uh, were used from Akbar's time onwards. They were utilized by royalty to hunt uh, gazelles and buck, uh, black buck beer, deer. sorry, And they were trapped, the cheetahs, tamed, and then they would be taken out on a hunt. Uh, to assist in the hunting. So Asiatic uh, cheetahs, they used to be native to parts of India uh, and have since uh, become extinct from the late uh, 19th century and early 20th century. Some parts of Iran still have uh, the Asiatic cheetah, but their population numbers are very low, uh, less than 100 in total. So this very large uh, hunting party is now roaming the forests and uh, those animals that were killed from the hands of Guru Hargobind attained salvation. So when Guru Hargobind finished his hunting, he made his way back to Kartarpur, but stopped uh, just outside uh, the outskirts of Pandikan's village. And at this moment, Bidichan realized it was a good time to ask him about Kukko's kid. So he told him the entire story of what happened. Bidichan then concludes saying, please spare this child or uh, send me to hell instead. Guru Hargobind replies, you know, this kid won't go to hell and you are my beloved Sikh who gives me so much happiness, you won't go to hell either. This village here that we're standing besides, beside, this village will be the one who heads to hell. In this village there are the most vile and corrupt people. Here Guru Hargobind is alluding to Pandit Khan and his uh, son-in-law Spawn Khan. So saying this, uh, Guru Hargobind had forgiveness had forgiven uh, Ananta and he had uh, redirected this curse to Pernikan's village. Then Guru Hargobind continued with his journey back to Kirtarpur where they had reached there for the evening Divan court. Um, Bidichan at this time, when they reached back, went to go see the father and son, Koko Ananta, and they brought uh, and he brought them to Guru Hargobind, who then blessed both the father and son, Koko and Anta, with Jaranamut, the ceremony of drinking water blessed by the toe of Guru Hargobind. 
So all their worries and fears now were removed. Uh, Guru Hargobind spent many days like this uh, amongst the congregation, blessing them and being their protector. So some time passes, but one day during the month of Hard, which is from mid-June to mid-July, Guru Hargobind goes out to hunt again. And he mounts his beautiful white horse, which looked so beautiful and white, it could have been the horse that the sun god rides as well. So all the devtas or all the gods are said to have a vehicle or a mount which they ride. And the sun god is a, said to ride a really white horse, sometimes shown as seven horses. And in that case, they relate to the seven main meters in Sanskrit poetry. But Guru Hargobind's jamma or his tunic dress, which was also worn, worn uh, in Mughal times, this was also very beautiful and white. And it was made from very delicate material. From this del delicate material, Guru Hargobind also tied a beautiful turban on his head, which he adorned with a plume embedded with sparkling diamonds. Around his neck, he had a very beautiful necklace of priceless pearls. On his hand, he carried a very white hawk, almost looking like a massive swan. The moon, crepe jasmine flowers, which are really white, and an ocean of amrath. None of these could compare to the beautiful, blinding white uh, aura that Guru Hargobind was displaying here. So, as they're riding, Guru uh, Hargobind is in between uh, Gurditta and Bidichan. Gurditta, his eldest son, is riding in front of Guru Hargobind, and Bidichan is riding behind him. So, all the warriors that are riding with them, they look very beautiful, they have very strong arms, and they're riding uh, mounted on their horses, they are adorned with you know, bow and arrows and rifles as well. On all of them are imbued and overflowing with heroic spirit. Guru Hargobind holding the reins of his horse, riding along is looking beautiful on his horse, which looks like it might as well be the baby elephant of the famed uh, Aravat elephant, which came out of the mythological churning of the ocean by the gods. It's as if they churned the ocean of milk and this beautiful white horse sprung forth from it. It's as if Brahma, the creator, carefully constructed every limb of this horse, making sure that every piece was as beautiful as the next. It was as if Gama, the god of desire, took to the task and created such a beautiful horse which was shining, uh, produces shining white, beautiful light. It's as if, uh, after creating this beautiful horse, he dipped it in Amrit to make it even more beautiful. You know, the, short, the horse has a beautiful, sharp uh, muzzle, basically a very sharp nose. It carries its crest high as it rides, meaning its neck and head are lifted high as it rides. Both of the horse's sharp ears are lifted high, and likewise, its stunning eyes are high on its forehead. So as the horse walks, it, or prances, it curls up its front foot, foot, performing a rack gait. This is a specific type of gait or walk that horse can do. Actually, only very few horses can perform this, uh, where it lifts one leg up, uh, bent, while it's walking. So the horse's long tail is flowing and moving around. Uh, the horse is in total sync with the commands of Guru Hargobind. So it was afternoon time, uh, when some Sikhs had come to see uh, Guru Hargobind, and Guru Hargobind is in this form amongst his warriors, and they are just awestruck by this sight, and they're just standing there looking at Guru Hargobind. And Guru Hargobind just asked them, you know, where are you guys from? Uh, what do you guys do? 
uh, where are you going and, and what do you want? So both then uh, father and son who were, uh, came to see Gudhargum, they replied, we are painters for a living, but we come from a caste of carpenters. We have come for your blessed sight, darshan. If you want us to do anything for you, please let us know. At that moment, Guru Hargobind didn't tell them anything, but the thought arose in Bidichan's mind. He said to the painters, Please make a painting of Guru Hargobind, dressed how he is now, with these white clothes, the white hawk, the white horse, the beautiful weapons. Please make this for me. Make all of your skill worthwhile and paint Guru Hargobind from the top, from the top of his head down to the bottom of his toes. Please do this service for me. When the painters heard this, they replied, you know, if Sheshnag, if Ganesha, if Saraswati could not find the limits of Guru Hargobind, then how will we be able to paint them? If you're gracious on us, if you bless us, only then we can complete this task. So please bless my son so he can paint this painting. Bidichan then tells, uh, actually Bidichan then walks close to the son and addresses the son saying, just write that Guru Hargobind will be your protector and helper, and he'll fulfill any desire or any wish you want. So both father and son then accept this and then begin to paint Guru Hargobind with great love and focus. Then for some time Guru Hargobind continues hunting in the forest, killing and giving salvation to countless animals. Guru Hargobind was in extreme bliss while he was roaming and galloping with his horse and testing the horse to his limits in the forest. As Guru Hargobind and the Sikhs then come out of the forest after hunting, they encounter a Sikh who had traveled, traveled from Jalandhar. And he quickly meets with Guru Hargobind and he cries out saying, Guru Hargobind, great king, there is an army that's set up camp in Jalandhar. They plan to attack you, Bandit comes amongst them, and people say that he is the one who brought this army there. They aren't telling anybody why they are setting up camp there. They're trying to be deceitful and coy, but I wanted to bring this news to you. Guru Hargobind then replies, There's no reason to worry. If they ride up against us, they won't last very long. We'll send them to the house of death. Guru Nanak will help us all and will quickly remove any obstacles for us. Saying this, then Guru Hargobind then heads to the orchard with the, uh, all beautiful trees around it. They sit down, the six lay out uh, some sheets that Guru Hargobind could sit on. And at that time, the father and son painters had come to bring the painting and show Guru Hargobind. So they first show Bidichan. And when Bidichan sees this, he's absolutely thrilled. He, he loves the painting. And then he takes it to Guru Hargobind. Guru Hargobind looks at it and laughs. Uh, he says, um, you know, this is a great painting. The father and son now have removed all their pains from reincarnation. So Guru Hargobind blesses them and gives them salvation. The father and son are extremely happy having attained salvation. They continually uh, bow down and, and salute Guru Hargobind's lotus-like feet in great love. Then Guru Hargobind hands the painting off to Bidichan. Bidichan uh, took this blessing and placed it upon his head. Kavisantok Singh, the author, says that still to this day, you can see this beautiful painting held by the descendants of Bidichan. So one can get this blessed sight of Guru Hargobind uh, through the painting as one wishes. So Bidichan went to give the painters a lot of money for their work, to reward them, 
but the father and son were really humble and didn't accept any money for this service. So this is how Guru Hargobind was spending his time, not bothered at all that a war party was on its way. Uh, then Guru Hargobind leaves the orchard to come back to Kartarpur, Kartarpur to eat dinner and to sleep. So this is how chapter 16 ends. And in the next chapter, the deputy, Koja Anbud, will come and meet with Guru Hargobind to gather intelligence. So that's what we'll pick up next time. But as always, we would like to thank those who are supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page. Hello, Sharan Parenga,